It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dance, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing SportsCenter tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan, Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. I, I want to start by saying this. Um, I do not believe Juwan Howard is a bad guy. I don't believe he, I don't believe he's a bad guy. But what happened at the Kohl Center this afternoon in Madison, Wisconsin, was beyond wholly unacceptable. Look, I understand this team has not been as good as folks expected. This Michigan basketball team, Coming in at the season at number six is these preseason polls, and they have just haven't lived up to it. They haven't lived up to it. And today, just a dreadful second half. They get bombed by the Badgers, seventy-seven to sixty-three. Unfortunately, that wasn't even the story. I'd like to come on here and talk to you about why they lost that game, but now it's a different story. Again, John Howard is not a bad guy. He's a good football or a good basketball coach. But what happened today, the post-game antics of the head coach and then subsequently players on the team is wholly unacceptable. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a brawl at the Cole Center this afternoon following Michigan's loss. And Juwan Howard thought it was going to be a good idea to hit somebody on the side of the head. At first glance, it looked like he punched an assistant coach. Upon further review, and in slow motion, uh, Coach Howard instead, uh, open palm, I don't know, whacked Joe Krabenhoft, who is a Badgers assistant coach with the basketball team. And there was words exchanged by Howard and Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard after the game. You know, college basketball, after every game, they meet at the at the at the sideline and they go ahead and shake hands. Well, everything kind of started as you would expect. And Juwan Howard was kind of walking away. He didn't really want to participate in the handshake line today. But he acquiesced, and then he got in line and came down. And when he came up to Greg Gard, usually the head coaches will meet initially and have a couple of, hey, nice game, good job, blah, 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 we'll see you, good luck. That was not the case. Juwan Howard was walking past Greg Gard, wasn't even going to acknowledge him. Now, what led to that? Michigan was down big. Wisconsin had backups in the game. Look, a couple of seconds left. They're just going to eat the clock out. Everybody goes home. 
Michigan is in a full court press. They're in a full court press. And Wisconsin wasn't ready for it. So what happened? Greg Gard took a timeout. And that is where the, I think the exception came from Jawan Howard. He didn't like that. So as they meet in the handshake line, guard kind of pulls Juwan because he's walking right past them to go high-five the rest of the Badgers team. And when he kind of he kind of pulled him, grabbed his arm, and then kind of pulled him in front of him like, hey, hey, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about this. Didn't seem like it was malicious. Didn't seem like Greg Gard was trying to, to make a point. But he wanted to talk to Juwan Howard about it. Now, look, all of this said, I think we need to allow th- this kind of investigation now to play itself out. But here's what we saw today. I'm trying to give you the, the overview. So they're talking, and then Juwan Howard puts his finger in Greg Gard's face. Like, don't you pull me. Don't you touch me like that. They had heated exchanges, and then at this time, the handshake line was no longer a line. It was more of a congregation around their head coaches. Assistants came in. Players came in. It was getting heated. And words were exchanged. Fingers were wagging. Everybody was, this was getting intense. And then finally, somebody said something or did something that prompted Juwan Howard, by the way, who's like nine feet tall, to reach over this gaggle of people and smack Joe Grabenhoft on the side of the head. And then mayhem. I'll tell you what, Jason's got the audio from CBS this afternoon. Here was the sound. And guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. And Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh, my God. Trying to get separated. And there's no doubt it all stems from the timeout by Greg Gard. Now, that's not an excuse for this, but that is what angered Juwan Howard, and it spilled over into this. It was an ugly scene. It was an ugly scene. And coming up next, about 618, I'll tell you what Juwan Howard said after the game, and I'll tell you what should should be happening next, or I guess what I think is going to happen next. But I'll tell you what, in, in, a, in a day and age where you probably shouldn't be putting your hands on people, in a day and age, and look, I, I get it. Sports can be a very, look, and Juwan Howard's right in the middle of it all. I think there's frustration. I think there's a, a certainly built-up frustration. I think there's a, a lot of, I don't know, maybe it's just frustration. But no matter the level of frustration, no matter the level of words that are said or actions within the lines, it really shouldn't come down to that. It really shouldn't come down to a physical altercation. Pushing, shoving, 
ah, okay, we've been there. But when you're throwing haymakers, it's a different story. Coming up next, I'll give you what Juwan Howard said in his post-game press conference. He did make himself available to the media. I've got a statement from the University of Michigan. I've got a statement from the Big Ten Conference. I'll give those to you as well. And look, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. And if you're a Michigan fan, uh, I don't know. I don't, look, I don't know how you're going to take this. I just don't think this is going to be good for you. We'll do it on the other side. You want to weigh in? 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. Chris Renwick in WJR this evening. Sports Wrap continues next. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, I want to give you these statements from the University of Michigan and Athletic Director Board May. I am aware of any basketball game. There is no excuse for any of our staff or student-athletes to get into a physical altercation with others, regardless of instigating factors. I reached out and apologized to Chris McIntosh, and President Coleman has reached out to you, uh, University of uh, Wisconsin Chancellor Blank to apologize for the totally unacceptable behavior. We will review the situation more thoroughly and work with the Big Ten Conference as they determine their disciplinary actions and will determine if further disciplinary actions are warranted. Meanwhile, the Big Ten saying, Big Ten Conference is aware of a physical altercation involving Michigan head coach Juwan Howard at the conclusion of the Michigan Wolverines and Wisconsin Badgers basketball game. The conference is in contact with both member institutions as in, and is currently assessing the incident. The conference will provide more information and will take swift and appropriate disciplinary action when it completes its review. Juwan Howard, after the game, in his post-game press conference, uh, did not apologize, said that he will take any sort of disciplinary measure that is handed to him, um, and and just kind of gave his side of the story. Said that as he was walking past Greg Gard and Greg Gard touched him, he thought that crossed the line. That's what escalated the situation. Mind you, it wasn't Greg Gard who Juwan Howard hit. Juwan Howard hit the assistant, Joe Krabenhoff. And then the, the, the other piece of this onion as we pull this away, mind you, as much of a long shot as it may be, Michigan's still trying to get into the tourney, right? They've got some home games coming up, five games left on the docket. They've got a, a, at least uh, an outside shot. And you've got a couple of your important players, including the freshmen, Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams that are going to be probably suspended as well. They're going to be suspended going forward. How long? I don't know. But you can pretty clearly see that there are punches being thrown. And then peel the onion back another layer. You've got Wisconsin officials saying that there are players hurt. That there are there are guys hurt as a result of this. So you will see suspensions for those players. Now, as for Juwan Howard, what happens with the Michigan head coach? 
You can go back and say, yeah, maybe he's got a history of this. Mark Turgeon, remember last year, uh, Big Ten uh, tournament. Mark Turgeon, uh, uh, Maryland. Altercation. People holding, holding them back. Never got to anything physical. Maybe more chest puffing than anything. But this this was this escalated a little bit from that incident. And and I, I gotta be honest, do I believe that Juwan Howard is going to be fired for this? I do not. I I don't know that this warrants it. I don't know that this is so egregious. Now, if Michigan wants out, I think certainly this would fall into the into the the category of the clause, you know, whatever clause in the contract there is of of moving on without having to pay a you know, a whatever whatever fine essentially they would to have a, to to end the contract early. But with all that being said, I, I don't I just don't see Michigan I don't see Michigan firing Jawan Howard. I see a suspension. I could see suspension for the rest of the year. Now, do you I see could, uh, anger management I, classes possibly too? Uh, uh, sure. I think anything's on the table. I don't think they're firing him. I think they, does he deserve to be fired? Maybe. You know, I, I, I don't know if this is that egregious. I think if he hit a kid, if he hit a player, uh, I don't know that he would have gotten on the team bus. But it was another coach. You can make a case that these these are adults. So I no, I don't think he gets fired. I think he's suspended. I think he's going to be suspended for the rest of the season. I think it's suspended for the Big Ten tournament. And if by some miracle this team makes attorney, I think he'll be suspended for the tournament. I think he's out for the rest of the year. And and I think that's that is the the deserving punishment here. But maybe they move on. Maybe they do. Maybe you see John Beeline back as the head coach. Maybe. But I, I just, you know, I, I look at this and I just don't know that, I don't know that Juwan Howard gets fired here. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it. 800-859-0957. Greg and Shelby's been holding. Let's go to him. What's up, Greg? Hey, Christopher, Jason, Mr. Positive. Hey, we had... Uh... Uh, Malice at the Palace, now we've got Madness at Madison. Um, Because of his legacy, I don't want him fired, but I think that he should because um, not only is he a coach, but he's a leader of young people. Mm -hmm. And what he's portraying is something that should not be exemplary. It should not be followed. He's a teacher, and... I don't want him fired, but I got a feeling he probably will. I don't think he really, his heart is into it. I just sense it. I can't tell you. Oh, I think it's the opposite. Greg, I think it's the opposite. I think his heart is in it completely. I think he is, I think he is totally engrossing, just ingraining himself into that university even more than he already was. And, and look, okay. uh, is it, can, let me just, can, can I be a conspiracy theorist here for just a second? And, and you can tell yes. me if I'm crazy, but, okay. but look, this team has, they've stunk quite frankly, they haven't lived yes. up to expectations. They were preseason number six and they've just been falling down the, the mountainside, uh, you know, head over heels 
Um, is this a way for Jawan Howard to try to motivate these guys to try to show them, look, I'm not, I'm in it just like you guys. I may not be on the court, but I'm in this just as much as you is, is, is there a hint of that in there? Um, unless you have, uh, uh, 15 Aaron Donald's, um, that would be the only way. I like his passion. I like that maybe it will help motivate um, U of M. But I got to tell you, who's really great on the team U of M? I don't follow him that closely. But, I mean, you'd have to have a lot of Aaron Donalds and Von Millers to, uh, and Matt Stafford's and uh, uh, Cooper Cups to be able to do that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like where you're going with it. But, my friend, I just feel like, eh. Ah, I don't know. Frustration can bring out the worst in people. So, uh, you know, but, but Greg, here's hope, the other part. Uh, and I, I agree. Here's the other part in all of this, too. Right. Yeah. Like th- this is this is now going to be the second incident in like a couple of weeks where where the, the University of Michigan and their athletic department, you know, takes one on the chin. No pun intended. Right. But you've got Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL. Uh, you've got two of your coordinators leaving and then you've got a situation here where your basketball team is just look they they, they not only have they not met met expectations but now they're 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 poopy they're poopy oh well okay call it whatever you want but but they're not now you've got another a bit of a a, a stain on the athletic department here Yes, you, uh, good points. Good points, sir. It's 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 really not, and I appreciate the call, Greg. I, it's just not a good spot that the university wants to be in. I I fully, I fully realize that it's not something that they, a place that they want to be. But there they are, and and in this in a, in a in a in a game where the story is how bad they were in that second half. I mean, really, they're outside shooting for a team. Ever since John Beeline and and that kind of live and die by the three pointer mentality, um, you know you saw losses like this under John Beeline, but not consistently. Look, last year, Juwan Howard completely—it was the complete opposite of this year. Unranked, nobody thought you'd do anything, and then you make it—you you make a run. You 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 string wins together. You beat a couple of top twenty-five teams. Beat a couple of top twenty-five teams on the road, and you've got momentum. You're good. You're a good basketball team. Things have not materialized this year. Had the number one recruiting class coming into this year. Things have not materialized. They've got talent, but for whatever reason, they haven't been able to put the pieces together yet. Now look, I, if you think I'm crazy, I just don't see Juwan Howard getting getting bounced here. I think he keeps his job. But I think he's coached his last game this season. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR if you want to weigh in. Uh, all right, coming up next, I want to I want to talk some hoops, but I want to switch to the Pistons. Um, look, Cade Cunningham, uh, really nice showing, a little bit of accolades on the uh, on the associate in the association, and then now that the All Star break is over, where is this team going? Is there any sort of heat, fire uh, on these seats for either Troy Weaver or this coaching staff? 
we're gonna we're gonna get the lowdown next on Sports Wrap. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so Cade Cunningham, MVP of the Rising uh, uh, Rising Stars contest uh, during the All Star break. Uh, nice accolade there for Cade. Um, and and look, I, I think he acqu- kind of acquitted himself nicely on the the national stage um, as a, a a rookie, maybe not rookie of the year candidate, but certainly somebody who is ascending. Um, and, and meanwhile, you've got a, a team around Cade still trying to find the, the traction here, still trying to find their way, and things just haven't materialized. Uh, Rod Beard over at the Detroit News Covers the Pistons joins us this evening on Sports Wrap. Rod, before we get into the Pistons stuff, before we get into Cade, um, did you happen to see what happened out in Madison with, with Juwan Howard and that uh, Wolverines-Badgers game? Did you catch any of that? What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I just saw the the clip, and and it's um, so it, it's a little bit out of context for me, but it's just wild that it gets to that point. And, and listen, Juan Howard is a very emotional sort of coach, and and he he's emotionally invested in everything that he does. But I can't see how something gets to that point that you're ready to throw hands, as it were, to make your point with whatever is is there. So I think it, it just maybe got out of control from the looks of it. Maybe just got a little bit out of control for him, and and he lost his temper there. Yeah, and look, I, you know, now the, now the big question is, what happens? I don't, I don't know that he gets canned, but but I think he's probably coached his last game of the season, uh, for sure. In the meantime, uh, Cade really showed well in national stage during the All Star break. MVP of the Rising Stars contest. Uh, his team with the rookie challenge uh, finished second um, uh, to Evan Mobley and the Cavs. But but this is somebody who I think the league despite being on the Pistons, despite being a team that's that's kind of lower on the rung uh, of of teams in the NBA, I think people are really starting to see that 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 this guy's the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you look at with the Rising Stars is that he's among people, his peers, his, his, his same thing. It's not the vets, not the, the, the top players in the league, but just the first and second year players. And he stood out. He was the best player on the court in both of the games that he played in. And it, it's just, um, when he gets the team around him, you'll be able to see it a little bit more clearly what type of talent he has. But I mean, it, this is a pickup game up to 50 and he's got six assists. Who, who the heck goes out and tries to get six assists in a pickup game like that? That's, that was the most amazing stat to me is the 13.6 assists. But you can see when the game was on the line in that championship game, he scored seven of their last or, or had a hand in seven of their last eight points. So there's just this competitive streak when there's stuff on the line, whether you're playing for marbles or for jacks or for whatever, he wants to win. And, and that's what I'm, uh, I wrote about for tomorrow is just this winning streak, this competitive streak that he has that he doesn't want to lose. And, and even though he's playing against his Pistons teammates, uh, Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart, they have been trash talking for the past two weeks. As soon as the, the squad were named, they have been trash talking that they wanted to play each other. He wanted to get the best of them, and, and he got on that stage and he did it. Look, that that mentality is going to serve them well going forward. Uh, but But at the same time, that hasn't really been the case so far this season. They haven't been able to find that and at least, or at least get on the same page uh, this season because they just haven't found their traction yet going forward here. Um, how does Dwayne Casey approach this from a coaching standpoint? Because you obviously got a, a, 
a, a, a gem in Cade. You've got a guy who's just getting better. Um, and then it's the pieces around him. And look, injuries, uh, COVID protocols, whatever it is, they haven't had what we anticipated to be their, their first, you know, those frontline guys, the starting roster, the starting players. We haven't had them through a huge majority of the season. So how does he approach kind of this second portion of, of the till of, of their schedule going forward? Yeah, I think that's the hard part in trying to gauge what this, what they actually look like is you haven't seen very many games where they've had the full complement of players. And it's been, uh, like you said, injuries and COVID and just everything else. Um, and, and so it, you can't say they're they're behind in the rebuild because you just don't know. I think for the rest of the year, what you can look for is maybe uh, Jeremy Grant just kind of sits and they let Cade run the table a little bit more. Um, and, and he seemed to be getting his legs under him, as did Sadiq Bay when that time with that, that Jeremy was out with the thumb injury and, and with um, COVID issues. So I, I think it's just a matter of what does this look like long-term can we see enough to convince uh, people that, hey, this really is working, they really are on track, but they were just derailed a little bit by the injuries and the other things that we talked about? Uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest names uh, on the, the, the trade market pre-deadline was was Ben Simmons and what where he was going to go, kind of the package that was going to be brought for him. It, it was reported that there was some serious consideration um, from from this organization trying to, to – to, put together a package for Ben Simmons. How, how close were the Pistons in, in pulling the trigger on this? Was there any real uh, interest from Philly? Where, where did that stand? Yeah, from, from my understanding, it wasn't really close at all. That um, I don't know how much interest there is in Bill, Ben Simmons and, and what does he bring uh, to the Pistons that they're so far in the, the rebuild that they, they need shooters. We That's painfully obvious in everything we've seen this season, that they need scorers and shooters. And Ben Simmons is, is absolutely not either of those things. He's not a scorer. He's not a big-time shooter from the perimeter. So I just don't see why this rumor keeps coming up. And this, this um, no matter what the trade package is and what you have to give up, that Ben Simmons would be the target of that um, just seems kind of wild to me that um, it, it's the second or third time that we've seen that in the, the, the trade sort of scenarios. But I think you, you look at um, maybe this year in free agency – uh, they make some kind of trade and, and they'll be off of that Blake Griffin contract money mm-hmm. that they'll be a little bit more flexible where they can do some different things that they weren't able to do. And where they are right now, they're looking like another top five pick. So this rebuild, if they do it right, can shift into a much higher gear very, very quickly, depending on what the rest of the season looks like and going into next year. You talked about uh, the, the, the the potential to have another high draft pick this year, potentially top five pick and and without you know starting to name a lot of guys where last year it seemed like Cade was the number one Jalen Green Evan Mobley those kind of guys were interchangeable at two or three and then there was a drop-off um but but certainly Cade seemed to be the number one guy and and in fact that's where this organization picked them in this draft it seems like there's a lot of guys that could be interchangeable at number one, depending on the needs of the organization with the pick. And and it doesn't really seem like there is that one overall guy. That's just better than everybody else, at least from a, from a, a, uh, you know, a prognosis standpoint, you anticipate them being better than everybody else. But, but this draft kind of seems like there are movable pieces within the top five, top 10. 
Right, and, and luckily for the Pistons, it looks like those top two or three guys are going to all be big men, whether it's um, Paolo Bancaro or Chet Holmgren, just to throw two names out. Jabari Smith is, is the other one that um, they would feel good about getting any of those three guys uh, because that's their biggest need is that power forward sort of center, a, a dominant post presence. Um, but then after that, you're right, it is a crapshoot of, of what happens after that. You don't want another guard because you feel like you've got a lot of those backcourt positions settled. So um, they're going to need to be at the top of the draft and, and be in that kind of one through three, maybe one through four um, position and then see what happens after that from the lottery. Joined by Rod Beard at the Detroit News. Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago um, and I asked you if there was any sort of, uh, you know, scenario in which there was a, uh, a hot seat for Dwayne Casey um, and or, I mean, really, or, or Troy Weaver from the GM spot. I, I, I and you told me then, no, they're, they're, these guys aren't going anywhere. There is no hot seat. The that's crazy talk. Um, and, and I, and I, I, I agree with you then. And because, and, and even now, as we said, before I ask you the question, it, to me, it seems like, right, because you haven't had the full complement of players because of COVID and injuries, because you haven't seen really what this roster can do, I don't anticipate these guys are on a hot seat, but Rod Beard, are they on a hot seat? Yeah, see, as much as the Ben Simmons thing bothers me, this one bothers me even more because <laughs> there's really nothing to it at all. I mean, really, um, what is what is – Troy Weaver's job is to stock the cupboards and, and get enough stuff. Well, when you look at his drafts, he got Sadiq Bay, he got Isaiah Stewart, he got Kate Cunningham. The cupboards are, are, are pretty full. And so you, you look at this draft, and, and if they add another piece, and the trades that he's made and the people that he's brought in, was he right about Jeremy Grant? Absolutely. So there's, there's nothing to the Troy Weaver part of it. The Dwayne Casey is um, kind of a, a residual of that is – the injuries and everything else, has he helped to develop and improve the players that Weaver has gotten? Yes, all of these guys are better than people thought they would be at draft time. The only one that maybe isn't is uh, Killian Hayes, and, and that's you can make a mistake when you've sure. got three first-round picks, but you can't make three. You can't make two, and we've seen that in, in previous years where the front office didn't make good draft selections. And Killian Hayes, some people want to say the jury's not out on that anymore. It's completely done. I still think there's something else there that they can try to figure out. But even still, you hit the jackpot on Sadiq Bay. You did really well with Isaiah Stewart. And Kay Cunningham looks like exactly what everybody thought he would be. And look, I, I only ask that question because that's the chatter amongst fans. That that there are that they are they are so starved for a winner because we know what this town is like when the Pistons are good and everybody just wants to be back there. So that is the talk amongst a lot of fans that that there is some sort of hot seat. But but you mentioned Killian Hayes and and I, I agree with you. I to me I'm not ready to give up on the kid. I I feel like yes he 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 goes through these stretches where you're like man you got to hit a shot. But at the same time, I think that you see flashes to where he can be a real baller for this team. And and I, I look, I'm with you. I just don't believe it's now is the time to give up on him. Yeah, and, and somebody kind of crystallized it for me. They said every time you look at Killian's face, you say this is just a kid. This is a 20-year-old yeah. kid who's played overseas, and you can't 
just throw the baby out with the bathwater in this one and just say, ah, yeah, he's, he's a bust and, and we got to move on from it. Give it some time. It might take two years. It might take three or four years. Um, think about when Giannis came in the league and people yep. wanted to say, hey, that who is this guy? Why'd they pick this guy? Not comparing Killian to Giannis, but every time these, these uh, turnarounds and these development things don't take a year or two years. And we're no. seeing with Isaiah Stewart the same sort of way. For, for him to be the player that he's going to be, it's going to take a couple of years. But Isaiah Stewart's not a bust by any stretch of the imagination. And Giannis wasn't Giannis those first couple of years, right? Like it took him a couple of years to find his footing in this league. And then you see what he is. Uh, Rod Beard, always good to talk with you, my friend. Thanks for the time as always. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. You got it. There he is. Rod Beard over at the Detroit news. Uh, All right. We'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side. I want to talk about major league baseball. I want to talk about these negotiations that are ongoing because I can, I'll tell you this. Uh, the clock is ticking. Clock's ticking. Opening day, March 31st. You want to go to a, a, an opening day ball game here in Detroit? You want to see this this uh, this league get going? Well, the negotiations better get going. I'll tell you what the deadline is for a deal next as we continue on Sports Wrap. Sunday evening, more next. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So if this thing doesn't get done, it'll be the first time since 95 that we'll miss Major League Baseball games due to a lockout. Jason, I know you're a big baseball guy, so I want to I want to bring you in on this. Um, This is a situation where Baseball, as an association, as a league, as a sports entity, I don't understand what baseball is doing. And and you look at what the end the 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 NFL does. NFL is kink. We know that. But there's always there is always progress to, in whether it's establishing a new CBA, whether it's establishing lines of connection between. The, the 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 owners of the 32 teams and the and, and the, the players associations there's always something going forward because nobody and I mean nobody players coaches fans owners uh uh everybody up to the commissioner nobody wants the NFL to stop okay that is a doomsday scenario but Major League Baseball doesn't view a lockout like that. Or at least it doesn't appear they view it like that. It's not DEFCON 1. It's just, ah, ho-hum. Maybe this lockout's going to spur some conversations. All right. MLB is in the middle of a lockout. This is a very important week. This is probably the most important week of these negotiations. Major League Baseball says... February 28th is the latest day where if an agreed upon CBA could be made and we don't miss opening day on March 31st. Anything past that, we're going to be delayed. We're going to be canceling games. Now, does the Players Association see it like that? Probably not. I think there's probably a couple of days grace there. You know, if you come up with a, 
on on uh, uh, a deal on March 3rd, March 4th. You're telling me you're not going to get it done by the 31st? I don't believe that. But pitchers and catchers were, were supposed to report last week. So spring training got shelved. And I want to give you just a brief synopsis of where we're at with the lockdown. On December 2nd, lockdown begins. Uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred, who we'll talk about momentarily, issued the statement saying, we hope the lockout will jumpstart the, the, the negotiations and get us to an agreement that will allow the season to start on time. Except Major League Baseball didn't make their first offer until six weeks later on January 13th. That's not jumpstarting negotiations. That's hot dogging it. Met a couple of times on January 24th, 25th. Union rejects most, if not all, once again, of the league's proposals. They met for an hour and a half on February 1st to discuss economic issues. Again, nothing really coming from it. February 18th, Major League Baseball says that spring training will be delayed. Now, that brings us today. They've met sporadically in between these couple of dates. But I'm just trying to give you the highlights because now, this week, if they don't have a what is perceived to be an agreement by next Monday, the 28th, um, it's very possible that opening day gets gets shelved. That that we're seeing a a not a a, 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 a something less than 162 game schedule. And, and Jason, um, for me, Rob Manfred as a commissioner, to me, I don't understand. I don't understand baseball's trajectory. I don't understand where baseball is going or where they want to go. Like, yeah. I understand maybe you want to strong arm the union. Maybe you want to strong arm the players. Fine. That's, that's part of negotiations. But at the same time, you know, I think baseball has suffered under Rob Manfred. I think oh, I baseball mm-hmm. as a as a as a whole as a product has suffered under his leadership. And and from a ownership standpoint, what's the goal? Make money. The goal is to make money. You may say you want to win a championship, but your goal is to make money. And and has have the owners made money? Yes. Which is why I don't think that you're getting a lot of de- de- detraction from this kind of united front from an ownership perspective on this on this lockout. But at the same time, I guarantee you that if after a COVID year, really two years of COVID, where you saw less games or you saw no fans or you saw nobody was was in your ballpark, either paying for parking, buying a beer, buying a dog, whatever it is. After that, I do anticipate something being done this week in a productive manner that we get baseball on March 31st. I don't see how the owners are going to shy away from having a full slate of full ballparks where you're able to get it, where you're, you hopefully are going to start making money to pre pandemic levels. Again, I just don't see how the owners are going to be so, I don't know, stuck in the mud on some of these issues that they're not going to get to this at the end of the week. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I would love to get your thoughts no, on it, this lockout as you see it. it and it feel it, it almost feels like they uh, procrastinated so much to get to this point where now they have to rev up in baseball is 
baseball is a is a very distant third to the NFL to the NBA where they do they need this exposure. But I also feel like baseball and I baseball is my number one love. But man, yeah. you don't know what direction they they want to go when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, they 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 they've lost so many fans over the years and they've really done nothing to uh, kind of build the future of what what they want to do, and it's it it kind of it breaks my heart. And for them to gone through what they went through with COVID, and now this this would just this would just be a huge black eye. It, it feels like it would cripple the the, the game. I yeah. mean, look, here's the thing: is we already know that baseball's filled with a bunch of old fuddy duddies. Oh, we don't want Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Right. No, Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. They did drugs. Okay, well, guess what? So it is, so was everybody else. They were the best. The drugs are not, they were the best. Put them in the Hall of Fame. Hey, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I get it. They did bad things that they shouldn't have done. But guess what? You got to move this thing forward. And to have your all-time home run leader not in the Hall of Fame doesn't make sense to me. To not make Shohei Otani the unicorn that he is, the freak that he is, not be the face of Major League Baseball after what he did last year. It's bad marketing. It's bad PR. And to me, it doesn't feel like the Major League Baseball has any idea of where they want to go in the future. It's a shame. But I hope that come next weekend when we do this show that we've got some sort of update for you. That we can come on here and tell you, guess, deep breaths. Opening day will commence We'll have 162 games. I, I hope that I can tell you that next week. Also, we'll, we'll follow up on this Jawan Howard story because we'll have an idea of what is next for him as well. All right, it's going to do it for us. We'll see you next weekend. Have a good week. We'll talk to you then.